Chapter 8 The Walmart was set in the back of a giant parking lot. There was a gas station on the closest corner, then across the parking lot was the big box store. Next to it on the right was a cinema multiplex. On the right of that was an area for smaller stores, tucked away, owned and operated by regular people, like fish living in a shark's mouth feeding off of the stuff left between teeth. I wove the Ford through the rows of parked vehicles and found a spot on the east side of the lot, close to the Walmart entrance. The women at the general store had said something about the stink up here, and it was true. The place smelled like sulfur, which I figured was a side effect of the oil field operations. Driving up, I had seen endless fields of nodding extraction rigs. The Walmart store was the size of a football field, and cold. I could see a banner with hardware written on it, maybe half a football field away. I got a basket and started shopping. Duct tape was easy. I wanted some big bearings or something heavy like that. They had good-sized padlocks, but it wasn't really what I had in mind. I spotted a baseball hat rack and chose a red one, no logo. I pulled down a pair of thick socks and a plain blue t-shirt from a rack of work clothing. A man was up on a ladder scanning barcodes on boxes of screws. I asked him where the gun section was, and he pointed me in the right direction. I wanted ammo for the Glock, given that there were a couple of guys following me. I'd fired four rounds in the desert, which left eleven in the magazine. Might be enough, or it might not, depending on how things panned out. The gun section was in sporting goods, which had an entire wall devoted to billiard balls. I had a eureka moment when I saw a white cue ball in a shrink-wrapped package. The cue ball went in the basket. The gun section was past a long row of bicycles. They had bikes for girls and boys, men and women, and a long tandem bike for men with women, or men with men, or two women. Any combination was feasible. At the other side of all those bikes, was a wall case filled with rows of rifles and shotguns. In front of that was another display case at counter level. Between the wall and the display case was a female Walmart associate with a puff of white hair and big framed glasses. She was talking to a wide-framed guy in a red polo shirt and cargo shorts. I was too far away to catch the conversation, but I could see from her expression that it was not going well. That is, her own position was decided, but the customer was upset. The woman shook her white puff of hair, said something. The guy she was talking to gestured, throwing his hands up in frustration. Even from that distance, I could see it was the guy from the gas station grill, Caleb. Baseball hat over long hair. I'd given him two dollars that morning to buy his breakfast. The Walmart associate was speaking calmly hands flat on the counter. She had a face like a wall of pastry dough, with pragmatic prescription lenses. No way Caleb was getting past that. He was blowing, air literally fuming with rage. Caleb turned around and we made eye contact. There was not even a hint of recognition. He stormed away on thick, pale legs. When I arrived at the counter, the woman gave me an exasperated but proud look as if she had done a difficult but important job. 
I just couldn't sell that man a rifle. The system had him flagged, and I take my responsibilities seriously. I said, no doubt. You are the last line of defense. What was the flag? Mental health issues? This guy Caleb had been agitated that morning. He'd spoken about being on medication that prevented him from drinking coffee. He'd also spoken about shooting someone. She nodded, I am the last line of defense. Yes, there was a mental health flag. She was exasperated. Why would a guy like that want to purchase a gun like that if it weren't for no good reason? What was he trying to buy? She gave me a can-you-believe-it look and pronounced the model and brand with exaggerated accuracy. Sig Sauer M400 semi-automatic rifle. What they call an assault-style rifle. She pointed behind her to a military-style assault rifle with a collapsible stock. I'm going to enter his details into the denied database. Go right ahead. I'm in no rush. She searched for the computer mouse. I got him to fill out the form so I could have all his details, you know, to enter into the computer. He thought he was getting the gun until I told him he was denied. Then he got all upset. Not the first time I've done that. They always get real upset. How long is he denied for? Goes out to all the licensed firearm dealers in the nation. 30-day denial. Hopefully, by then, he'll have worked through his issues. If he doesn't get a gun privately, that's something we can't control. Don't need a background check for private sales. She looked up at me. Did you see the tattoos on his face? Two tears. That means he's killed two people. I said, I doubt that. She looked at me for a moment, frozen in thought. Then she broke out of it. Might take five minutes to do the form. What were you looking for? Looking for 9mm ammunition. She stood up straight. We don't carry handgun ammunition anymore. Just rifle and shotgun. No problem, ma'am. The glass top of the display case offered a selection of knives. They had a K-bar folding knife on sale that looked good. I said, I'll take the K-bar knife there. Folding one with the black blade? I said, that's the one. She opened the display case from the back and brought out a new knife in its own box. It's got a clip on the handle. You can secure it in your pocket so it doesn't fall out if you're running or something. Useful. In case I decided to take up jogging, you mean. That's exactly right, she smiled. Or wanted to take a Zumba class. I said, won't happen. Not in a million years. She said, glad to hear it. The Walmart had two entrances, one in the front, one on the side. I'd walked in the front. Now I was going to walk out the side. I paid for my items and carried the bag to the bathroom, other side of the checkout. Inside the stall, I ripped open the packages. The t-shirt replaced my dirty white one. Baseball hat went on my head. The knife went in my pocket. The cue ball went in the sock, which went in the other sock. I held my double sock package by the neck and started twisting. When I got a good solid twist going, I pinned it down on my thigh and got out the duct tape. I started taping with the twist, unrolling the tape a little at a time, overlapping layers, 
reinforcing the twisted fabric, until the duct tape formed a good solid handle. I continued, taping over the cue ball, two layers. In the end I had a serviceable impact weapon, heavy at the cue ball end, durable, with a flexible handle that could build up snap velocity and energy storage at the point of impact. Good to go.